Diane was gathering supplies in a closet she often uses before and after she gives paranormal investigation tours at the historic hotel. Behind her, as usual, the door to the dumbwaiter system sat ajar, pushed open by the ongoing draft that pushes up the shaft within the Basin Park Hotel. But tonight, rather than staying open, she heard the door slowly close behind her. That door doesn't just close, she thought. It must be the spirits of the Basin Park Hotel just letting me know they're here. I'm Steve Blanchard. Welcome to Phantom History. Built in 1905, the Basin Park Hotel is one of the most well-known landmarks in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Locals and visitors from throughout the country have stayed in the establishment for a variety of reasons. But early on, visitors came for the alleged healing waters of the Basin Spring, which sat nearby. While the Basin Park Hotel is named for that popular spring, it was not the original structure to be built near that healing water or to attract guests to the property. That was the Perry House, which sat on the land from 1881 until 1890. Diane Newcomb, a tour guide who leads guests on paranormal investigations within the Basin Park Hotel, explains the history. Uh, a lot of our hauntings actually come from that previous structure, and it was called the Perry House. It was there from 1880 to 1890, and it burned. So the 1800s were a very interesting time period for this little town because uh, a number of the outlaws and, and cowboys were known to frequent this little town. And it wasn't so little as it is now back then. It very quickly grew to be the fourth largest town in the state. And this little town of Eureka now has about 2,000 citizens, whereas back then, in the early 1800s, it grew in just a very few short years to have over 20,000 people. There were 18 saloons, and you know they, they came there for the bathhouses, the shopping, and uh, a lot of, no, no doubt, brothels and bathhouses and such, you know, and lots of poker. Poker is the theme there with our haunting, too. While the cowboys, brothels, and bathhouses got most of the attention early on in Eureka Springs, there was another up-and-coming business that soon created a new kind of tourism industry. The four-story Perry House, built by Captain Joe Perry of Colorado, had 100 rooms and was decked out with all the modern conveniences. It also offered easy access to the nearby Basin Spring, which allowed guests battling any number of maladies to enjoy the pure air and sunshine of the area while bathing and drinking in the alleged healing waters of the spring. Rates were high, but families of the ill were willing to pay the $12 to $21 a week in hopes of finding a cure, whether it be for tuberculosis or yellow fever. The Perry House was built right there, just about 200 feet from a spring that was native. Osage natives here were, it was a legendary spring they had mentioned about it being the purest healing waters. A doctor named Jackson came here in the 1850s and he discovered that spring, basically putting it on the map. Um, but it was a judge discovering a healing there in the late 1870s that really started things going crazy drinking it was was medicinal apparently there's there's about 70 springs in in eureka springs that's the main one though and there were a few different springs around town that they claimed would heal certain ailments you know but the basin spring was just known in general to be the most healing waters we know that within about a year and a half of him telling people about his healing 
that they had around 15,000 people or so who came and they said they were coming like 200 a day. So it had a, a crazy immediate growth from that spring, which like I said, it's right there by the hotel. So then the basin is right there as well. 15 years after the Perry House burned, the resort-like Basin Park Hotel held its grand opening. It was an immediate hit and became a destination hotel for vacationers and those who wanted to benefit from the nearby spring. But it also became known as a haunted location, with reports of strange sightings, eerie noises, and odd feelings reported by visitors. Diane remembers learning early on that the building was haunted, which only prompted her to seek employment there later on. Well, uh, I've lived here for a long time, and I used to go there, frequent the, uh, they had a bar up on the top floor where they had pool tables and table shuffleboard. And I remember hearing the stories about the hauntings there almost every time I was there, somebody was talking about how it was haunted. And I, I never really was pursuing the paranormal. I just took a part-time job actually working as a tour guide at the Crescent, which is the other haunted hotel in, your, in town. And um, I worked there for a few years, actually, before I started doing the, the Basin Park. Um, I, I was a part of the team and the, the management and the same management and all that for a long time. They changed the tour a few years ago. It, it was a, an eight o'clock, two hour historical tour with some ghost hunting. So we've turned it upside down. We've made it more of a late night, starting at 1030, ending at midnight, paranormal investigation tour. So we've got equipment for everyone to use. We uh, talk to the ghost a little bit more. I take them all over the hotel and we have uh, you know, special access to places most people don't get to go. It's just a whole lot more interactive and fun for the guests. Since each tour is an active paranormal investigation, Diane says she and the guests find evidence of hauntings on nearly every walk through the building. Basin Park Hotel stands seven stories and has nearly 70 rooms divided between two wings. A courtyard and a large ballroom on the top floor are all included in the tour, but the most haunted locations, according to Diane, are the first floor, or one level up from the lobby, and the third floor of the south wing. There's areas that are known for more activity, and one of those is on the first floor, which is actually one level up from the, the lobby. And um, that's where the bar and restaurant is. And because I think there's a lot of people and energy and activity there that there's a lot more hauntings because they're able to utilize that energy. And uh, same with the third floor on the South Wing. That's one of my favorite areas. We've had a number of photographs and stories out of that part of the hotel. And it's in particular, it's cowboys. So I think it's fun that we have all these cowboys that haunt there been a number of reports and a few photos but in addition to the cowboys we've we've got a child we've got a woman we've got another woman I mean there's been quite a few captures and stories from varied individuals and, and, and everyone has their own story to tell their own encounter but then there's a few ghosts you know who seem to reappear from time to time. While the spirits of the cowboys that are likely remnants of the Perry House are found throughout the building and are spotted walking through walls, the number of children's spirits in the hotel often surprises Diane's guests. They vary in age and could likely be victims of a number of ailments that their families hoped the basin spring waters would ultimately heal. They've been captured on film a number of times, little girls mostly, 
Uh, there's one on that third floor. There's another one or two that are seen on the first floor in the bar and restroom and one of the dining rooms. And then there's another one up on the top floor that we actually interact with on the tour fairly often, I'd say. The one on the top floor, we believe, is about three. She's very small. Oh, wow. And uh, there's one on the first floor that might be between eight and 10, possibly. She's she's young, but not little. And uh, the one on the third floor, we got a recent photo of the back of her head. Uh, she looks about 10 in that, in that age range. With each tour and investigation comes more evidence. However, piecing that evidence together with the history of the building or the land upon which it sits can be challenging. Cowboys, outlaws, and others who made marks on the history books are easier to identify and track down. Children, however, who never got a chance to make a mark on the world are proving much more difficult to identify. It would be nice if we knew who all had been there and who they might be that haunts there. We don't know specifically the, the living people who haunt that place and if they died there. I always emphasize to my guests that, you know, not all deaths equal a haunting and not all hauntings came from a death. These could be just energy patterns. They could be sentient, um, you know, entities. They could be uh, lost souls. You know, there's a lot of paranormal that's unexplainable. But, you know, just from our sightings and uh, the dress sometimes and uh, different different little clues, we kind of get an idea of the time frame that these people or these spirits might be from. You know, some are just a, a loop of energy that just seems to repeat. And some of those might happen at the same time at the same place. I haven't figured any of those out yet, but um, they're obviously not happening on my tour. There is one uh, on the fifth floor. It looks like a cowboy. We caught him in a shadow and I heard about a sighting of him and it seemed to have been like right after midnight. So there's, we're getting close on that one, you know. It's an ongoing investigation, which is really cool because we, we're constantly every night trying to find incidences that might repeat and stories and photographs. And that's what makes it interesting when you know you've had several psychic sightings or, uh, you know, the psychics come and they they mention things. They tell us they see them. And I, I, I hear a lot of different ones telling me different things. But when you hear the same thing happen or described three or four times, then it seems to make sense, right? One gets a photograph. So you, you've got all this evidence. And that's what we're putting together on this ongoing investigation. While Diane says most of her paranormal encounters happen while she's guiding a group through the expansive hotel, there are times when the spirits of Basin Park Hotel like to remind her that she's not alone. Fortunately, she doesn't let those encounters scare her, although she admits they can be a little unsettling. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that they're aware of me, and I'm trying always to be respectful. I do speak to them, even when I'm alone up there sometimes, and I've only had a few minor incidences, and when these things happen, you always kind of second guess yourself. You wonder if that really did happen, if I'm if I'm reading it right, or <laughs> let me try it again, and then you can't, you can't recreate it. So like one night I opened up this one closet that I go into every night, and I felt like the door had hit someone. And we all know what that feels like when you bump a door open and someone's standing there, you bonk them. 
That's exactly what it felt like to me. But then I kept pushing the door and I swung it back and forth and there was nothing that I could explain what I, what it hit. So to me, if it's unexplainable, it's most likely paranormal. Well, a couple of nights after that, I had to go in that same door. I didn't hit anything, but I had to go in and close it more or less to go behind it. And while I was in there, a little door behind me that I open every night and it never closes. <laughs> it closed while I was in there. And there's usually a draft coming up out. It's a, it's actually a, a dumbwaiter shaft, which is really cool. And people get to look down in there. So air comes up through it from the kitchen. And, you know, there's always this air, so it doesn't just close. But it did that one time when I was in there with the door closed. <laughs> Not long ago, I was waiting on the elevator and I, I was up there alone. And the doors to the ballroom rattled. And they don't just do that. I've never heard them do that. It just made me think that, you know, they were letting me know they're there. Diane is regularly posting photos and other evidence on her social media pages in an effort to continue the investigation of the hotel from group to group. Many of the sightings, accounts, and photos reveal similar stories, and those include cowboys, the children she mentioned, and a few unidentified women. I had a lady one night see the uh, back of a woman's head drift into one of the walls. I've had a few psychic people encounter certain spirits one of them had the there's a man in a tuxedo in this one doorway and she said he walked right through her and i had a man one night he saw blue eyes of a woman right in his face he was super excited about it and there's a blue-eyed woman that's been seen there for many years but that's mostly what people see is just the eyes of a woman in their face <laughs> You know, we don't know who she is or don't know anything about a lot of these ghosts. We just know that there's been sightings. Diane estimates there are at least 20 or so spirits in the hotel, and those are just the ones she has encountered personally or at least heard stories about. Most of them, she believes, are residual spirits from the Perry House days, or intelligent spirits left wandering the hallways and floors where they either died or are haunting a location they loved in life. But there is something a little darker in the lower section of Basin Park Hotel that Diane has to warn her tour guests about each night. The Basin also has its interesting uh, lower regions. We have a speakeasy with a secret entrance, pretty cool. And we also have a spirit down there uh, that we've caught on video. We have still photographs. We um, have had a number of people encounter this spirit and um, we don't know who it is but I have to warn everyone about it and this one in the basement there I tell everybody that uh, I think there's a life lesson there because it, you know if you have an angry spirit that person must have been angry for some reason and they're still angry and they're stuck in that anger and I tell everybody you don't want to be that ghost do you <laughs> you know that, and that's the way it's been described to me also is that it, a spirit can be in, in death, just like they were in life. They might have been a nice person, they might not have been a nice person. Could also be stuck in a little loop of energy that might have been associated with an emotion. So that's what we encounter. And I've had a number of people on tours uh, burst into tears when they encounter certain spirits that are sad. While the Basin Park Hotel is likely one of the most haunted buildings in Eureka Springs, with the Crescent Hotel being the other, Diane says that the entire town is haunted. 
With the troubled history of its past and the number of ill people traveling to the area in the hopes of finding healing waters in the springs, it makes sense that there could be spirits wandering around in modern-day Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Our cemetery is actually on the eastern outskirts of town, and it's one of the more level areas of town. Our town is in the hills, you know. They did have like a potter's field area out there for unknowns and such. A lot of people came here sick and diseased and dying and died there. So our little town has had a lot more deaths than most little towns probably ever had. Thank you to Diane Newcomb for sharing the history and details about the paranormal evidence collected at the Basin Park Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. To schedule a tour with Diane, visit basinpark.com and follow the Things to Do tab. You can also book at reserveeureka.com and follow her on Instagram at Basin Park Hotel Ghost Tour. Music for this episode was provided by Silverman Sound, Shane Ivers, Purple Planet Music, and Chad Crouch. Consider following Phantom History on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok and listen to full interviews from this podcast on the Phantom History YouTube channel. You can also sign up for the Phantom History newsletter at phantomhistory.com and stay up to date on upcoming episodes and events and updates on Phantom History House, my paranormal-themed bed-and-breakfast experience in Tampa, Florida. If you enjoyed this episode, please give me a five-star review on whatever platform you use to enjoy podcasts. And as always, thanks for listening.